Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to Strange Familiars. If you have experienced something strange, if you're a witness to something like Sasquatch or aliens, ghosts, anything paranormal, or if you know of a story you'd like us to cover, you can email us, strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com. Tonight we're going to be talking with two guests, David and Brian. First, we're going to talk to David, and he has a story about a terrifying nightmare creature that he saw in his bedroom when he was a boy. We're talking with David, who contacted me about something very strange, not Flannel Man, but something that you saw when you were a child that nevertheless was, it it was in your bedroom, was it? Yes, yes, it was. I guess just head us into it. Sure thing. Well, this goes pretty far back. When I was five or six, I started getting very, very good very powerful nightmares. They'd almost always start the same way. And little slight variations on the theme, but it almost always like, and I remember starkly. It turns out that I actually asked some family members, like, oh, did I ever tell you about this when I was a little kid? And they're like, no, we remember you had really bad nightmares, but we also remember you wouldn't talk about them, which was something I sort of encountered when I started going, oh, did I tell anyone about this? But these dreams were very terrifying. And, like, there were two parts, really, is the the main way to think about it, is that they would always start. So to sort of picture my bedroom as a little kid, um, I had a bed in the far corner, and opposite that corner was the doorway that would lead to the hall. Upstairs hall, pretty much your standard 1980s New England home, two stories with 
three bedrooms, one master and two kid bedrooms. And my sister's bedroom is across the hall. And I was on the bedroom that was facing the street. And my parents, my mom would always make sure the door was open. You know, that way, if I woke up screaming or something, they could hear me and come. And I remember I would go to sleep. And at some point in the corner where the door should be, um, because it would swing inward, I'd see something. And I'd get up from my bed, walk over, close the door. And standing in the corner would be this figure. I was a kid, so like it, it towered over me. I really couldn't tell you how big it was. It was just bigger than me. And uh, even now, like I, I get really nervous just even thinking about it because just how terrifying this thing was. It was... I mean, I, I want to use the term a man, but it wasn't masculine. It was humanoid-ish. And it was, like, looming, tall, stretched out vertically is almost the best way I could describe it. This, it was wearing clothes. Um, the clothes were that, like, dark almost like brown green where you really can't tell the difference um filthy filthy clothes uh, and they were ragged like they, they they were literally almost falling apart and the skin it had because i could see its skin on its hands and on its face was yellow and like waxen and the hair it had was black and just came down. If you've ever seen, like, somebody who's sick and, like, hasn't washed their hair in who knows how long. And it's sort of that, like, but it's not matted, but it's just oily. Mm -hmm. And it comes down sort of part so I can still see the face perfectly fine. But the hair is coming down off of its head and down its back. And and in its its hands were long like the fingers were drawn out and like knobbly and gnarled and the hands would be clutched to its chest or holding like an axe or a shovel, some sort of thing. Um, and the face, uh, I, I think everyone has seen sort of like the traditional witch's face with like the long nose and the long chin and the broken teeth. Um, sure, yeah. So it's like that, but think like if you just squished that horizontally, only to make it drawn out even more. Uh, the eyes were just black, like not even like shiny black, just dark, just darkness where the eyes are, where the eyes are. And its nose was sort of hanging down over its lips and the chin, and it would look at me and wrap me, like just hit me or grab me or reach for me and then I'd have another nightmare this other nightmare varied like there was always something else like it was and these are like what I would consider my more sedate traditional normal nightmares like those nightmares like I, I look back on them they don't scare me 
this thing still scares me and it's been 30 years but like this the the, the memory of this thing is still in my head and it still gets to me a lot but like the normal nightmares like as i said i think they're nightmares that every kid has like things like oh your mom's been replaced by a demon robot from hell and she's trying to kill you things like you're on a my mom was a minister so i have a lot of hell nightmares um you're on a bus and going in the middle of nowhere and you're trapped and nobody knows where it's going and finally it pulls over to the side of the road and you get out and there's a guy in a nice like tan like overcoat and people are asking him where we are and i'm not even the one asking him i'm just sort of hanging out in the background of this crowd and i just pay attention to him and he goes oh don't you know this is hell and suddenly everything's on fire and everyone's screaming and then i wake up again like just much more narrative much more traditional nightmarish nightmares i guess but this is something that i like i i seriously saw probably at least once a month this entity yeah like at least it would be in spurts like i guess like two or three times in a week and then nothing for like three four months but like i saw this from basically the age five to the age nine when we we then my parents split and i moved up with my mom to the northeast kingdom of vermont with my sister and never really saw this thing again. Still have my nightmares. Like I still have nightmares even today. Like I still have nightmares to this day, but this thing left me like I was, I, I would not sleep with the light on until I was or with the light off until probably I was like 14. I would like always like secretly turn my light on and things <laughs> like that as a kid. Cause I just, I didn't want to be in a dark room. And even now, like, I close doors. I, I don't, I can't sleep in rooms with open doors. They actually really, like, make me very nervous to be around. I have to have my bedroom door closed. I even have to have, like, doors outside my bedroom door closed because I just, having them open just makes me feel very nervous and I can't relax. When you say, like, well, a million questions. I guess let's start with uh, the appearance of this thing. Now, you said it seemed, like, very, very tall. I guess. Like, like tall, yeah. taller than the adults in your life? Or would you say, you know, just... I can't really... Uh, again, I didn't have, like... I, I, I couldn't have a frame of reference. Because, like, the way this thing fit into the corner was almost impossible. Because there wasn't enough space in the shadow of that corner to fit, like, a full-sized person, let alone, like, something as big as this thing seemed to me. So I only ever got a good look at it when I was, like, when I was within its arm's reach. So a lack of, like, I don't have any, my memory doesn't give me any perspective. Mm -hmm. I guess if I really thought about it, like, it could be about, like, I'd almost say, like, maybe five six feet tall and my dad my dad's kind of about six feet tall and i think this thing would actually maybe a little bit shorter than that okay in the range of an adult size say, say. yeah 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 but again like i'm a kid i i only had one perspective on it and i couldn't say right you said it was 
did it always wear the same clothes or, or like each time you saw it, was it, was it uh, kind of dressed in the same? Similar. Um, not, not necessarily identical. Not like, again, like it would always have sort of like a trousers and sort of like a, a top. It would have like one of those sort of like, I don't want to say like a t-shirt because it's no, it wouldn't be a t-shirt, but it would be something kind of like that. Again, it wasn't like a sort of recognizable garment. It was like a bunch of different garments sort of thrown on that were all falling apart. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you mentioned in your email it was green and yellow. Were those the colors? Well, it it itself was like the clothes were sort of that shade of green brown. Oh, okay. You really can't tell. Like, I I couldn't say that it's so it was so green it was brown or so brown it was green, but the skin was yellow. Okay. Like like that sort of waxen sallow. Right. Right. Yellow. Now, you said it would hit you. Yeah. Um, did it hit you with whatever implement it was holding? Or yes. Did, yeah. Okay. Sometimes, sometimes it would grab me, depending on if if it didn't have anything, it would always grab me. But if it had something, it would swing it at me. Did this feel like being hit by you know a shovel or whatever it was? See, again, like that's the thing. Right before the contact would happen, I'd be in the other dream. Okay, and that was my next question. So it was like, it's like this was the precedent and it would kind of almost send you into that other nightmare is that a good description yeah yeah that that was actually how i like that's how i started thinking about it like it literally hit the point of like i would i would feel that this thing was here and i'd be like oh not this again and i would just get that terror and then it'd be like okay i have to get up i have to go over i have to close the door there it is oh god this is awful and then the then the nightmare would start, and it would almost like I, I like those nightmares were just so much better than having to deal with this thing. Yeah, it sounds like it. Like it sounds like it's as scary like, as those other nightmares are. Like it's almost like a relief to be. They were in in the second nightmare. Yeah, they, they were because I wasn't there anymore and not with it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like yeah, like horrible nightmares, like being chopped up by, like, you know, Freddy or Jason or something like that is not exactly, you know, a, a pleasant little trip, but compared to dealing with this thing, I, I'd take it I'd take it a hundred times. Did you ever get up to close the door and it wasn't there? Yes. Sometimes I would do that just to check to see if it was there. I, I, I would do that, like, like, before I'd go to bed sometimes. And like, oh, there were times that I would actually get up, close the door, go to sleep. The door would be open when I woke up and it would be there too. Mm. But I don't, and again, I can't really remember if in the morning the door would be open or closed. My parents would come into my bedroom to wake me up. So if it was closed, I, they would be open by the time they were waking me up. Right. I, right. I guess the, the question is, do you think you were, were you in a waking state when you got up to shut the door? And encountered this thing, or do you think this was in some kind of in-between state? It felt like I was awake, and that—that's like that was always the weirdest thing about it. Was it felt like I was awake, and until I closed that door, 
and then that impossible thing happened and my brain would go this like uh, like looking back on it even the memory goes that's impossible those things don't happen and, and yet it it did right <laughs> and yeah, I, I mean it, it sounds terrifying i i and you said this in in your email you said you know i don't think this is flannel man but this is this is something yeah. else yeah it's yeah. not this is not flannel man this is something else and this is why I reached out to you because I want to know has anyone else had dreams like this and like or experiences or dreams I mean whether you want to call it a dream whether you want to call it an experience I I honestly don't know right cuz I was a kid <laughs> yeah and that's and the then, thing with with this stuff though sometimes where you I always point to my quote unquote abduction experiences which for years I just thought were dreams and then when uh, when I learned about other people's experiences with the same thing, it made me think, uh, maybe not, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's really horrifying. I'm very curious to see if anybody else has seen this thing. It sounds absolutely terrifying. It, um, it is. Like, I would say it was, but, like, it, it still is today. Like, I, I'll be honest. I'm, like, I'm one of those people, like, I've, I've, it sounds strange to put it this way, but I've adjusted my life to sleep less so I don't dream as much. I completely understand that. Yeah. There, yeah. there was a time during the, the height of uh, my uh, troubles with, with whatever was happening that I was, I was very much the same way. Yeah. I'd make sure I just didn't sleep as much. So it, it seemed to stop when you moved from this yeah. residence. Yeah. Yeah. When we, when we moved, um, well, See, this is the this is something which I even look at and go, okay, that's weird. And I remember this because this is a very distinct sequence of events that I remember being nine and moving to this new house. And I, I was not comfortable at this new house. My mom had taken my sister and I, and she had moved in with her sister, which was an it was an old farmhouse up in Vermont. Like, in, in the backwoods of Vermont. Like, really rural Vermont. And and the other thing I want to say is, like, the house we left, we were the first family that lived there. My family had bought it. My mother and my father had bought it when it was still being built. It was at the edge of the Blackstone Valley woods. So, like, it had, a, it had like, a massive forest behind it that I would just spend days in, basically. Like, in the summer, I didn't really have a lot of friends. Um, I had a few, but, like, none that were, like, in my neighborhood for, for a while. So I'd just kind of go walking off into the woods. My, my older sister, um, she, uh, she required a lot of supervision and a lot of assistance. Like, she was, uh, she's blind. Mm. So... Basically, I, I had a lot of time to myself and, and spent a lot of that time in the woods. Still, I still did, basically, up until basically I moved out of being in rural areas uh, when I went to college. Um, but after that, yeah, lived in Vermont and kind of got off the, the weird story. The weird story is that, so, my mom's family, my maternal grandfather is Abenaki, uh, which is one of the Native Americans of Vermont, and my maternal grandmother is Chippewa, which is one of the Native American tribes from the Michigan area. She had heard about these things called dream catchers. And so she's like, my son has nightmares. Uh, he's got an overactive imagination. 
I'm going to make him a dream catcher and tell him, like, this will keep you safe. And so it's like, oh, this will keep me safe. That's wonderful. Hang it up. Go to bed. About a week later, the thing explodes. Like, like comes apart. If you've ever seen, like, a dream catcher, it's sort of a circle that's been wrapped in um, leather that has, like, strings and sort of like a fake spiderweb pattern. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, It just unravels completely. (laughs) <laughs> like it just wow. boom comes apart and i remember I, I like wasn't having any nightmares wasn't thing thing comes apart and that freaks me completely out as a kid so in the first bedroom in the in the bedroom where you were having the issues no no no. this was when we moved oh okay all right like my mom did this basically to sort of help me with the moving okay gotcha because again she was reconnecting with her family her sister and all that stuff. So we were basically, cause my sister or my aunt is active in her tribal community. So she was getting back involved in that aspect of her life, um, and bringing us with her. And so that thing fell apart and she was like, and then, so of course my mom being the ever industrious single mom working two jobs decides I'm going to put another one together and hang it up over his bed again. Cause she's not going to let, you know, a little bit of ha- bad handiwork go to, go to waste <laughs> and she does it again. And, I start getting my nightmares again, but they're not that thing. They've never been that thing again. I still get nightmares. Like, I still get vivid nightmares. Like, taken out of my body, shown weird things, chopped up, stuck in the ground, we're going to rot, weird stuff, dreams. Um, I get Deja Reve, which you've talked about on your show in the past. I get that, too weird stuff in my dreams but never have i seen that thing again knock on wood if i ever do see that thing again it'll be too soon yeah i mean i was gonna say that's a, a horror <laughs> I yeah mean, the way you described it i, I kind of want to draw it you know <laughs> just because it's such an image like you, you really like you painted a heck of a picture i wish i could draw it like that's like it's something that i wish i could actually make because the 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 image is just so clear in my mind's eye, but I don't have any visual art talent. It sounds uh, absolutely horrifying. It's one of these, you know, John Keel called them bedroom invaders. And since, I guess since starting Flannel Man, we've just gotten this whole catalog of bedroom invaders. Mm. And, you know, sometimes they're the same and sometimes mm-hmm. they're, they're just different, but it's, there are these things that hover on the edge of dream and reality somehow people seem confident they're awake, you know, when they see yeah. them, but they do seem somehow tied also to sleep. You know, flannel man, for instance, people are usually, you're usually waking up and then mm. they see them. Now they're, they're sure they're awake. They're not, you know, these don't seem to be sleep paralysis episodes, but mm. they're somehow tied in. And like this thing, this nightmare creature of yours is, it's, you know, it's tied to your nightmares in a way, you know, I mean, in, yeah. in that it was sending you like right into these nightmares, it seems. Yeah. Other than that, I don't know what to say about these things. And I did not know they were such a big thing. You know what I mean? And, and again, until we start talking about Flannel Man and I get mm-hmm. so many accounts of these bedroom invaders, which are just weird. Sometimes they're just weird. And sometimes people are. Odd, like to me, anytime something's there that, that doesn't belong, especially oh, yeah. at night, it's like, nah, oh, this, yeah. nah, get out. Like this, we're not having this. <laughs> but s- some people are oddly calm with it. They're like, yeah, you know. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. My, my wife has told me that on one, you know, one incident, I did sit up, straight up in bed, turn directly towards the door, say, get out before I get out of bed, and then lied back down. Oh, wow. I have no memory of this. Like, But she, she, she got started awake by me just sitting straight up, just turning and looking at like the doorway, and just saying, and like, get, up, get out before I get out of bed. Wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, boy. Did anyone in your family note any strange experiences of their own in that house? <laughs> so, about that. Well, for one, uh, my mom did tell me that I used to talk about ghost bats. Um, like, I, I would talk about the ghost bats coming out of the walls um, in my bedroom. When you were uh, real young? When I was real young, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that was during, like, the nightmare period. She's like, oh, yeah, I remember those nightmares. And you were also talking about ghost bats. It's wow. like, oh, yeah, those are those invisible bats that came out of the wall. Like, yeah. I just remember, like, there were invisible bats that would come out of my bedroom wall and flap in my face. Wow. I, like, I, I have no other explanation to that. Like, I don't know where that comes from. I don't know anything. Like, that's just some, that was just a piece of my five-year-old's, five- to nine-year-old imagination that I dealt with. My mom, oh, my mom's a minister, so, like, she's has a very profound deep faith she never experienced anything well she never experienced anything supernaturally bad like my parents did go through a divorce so like there is that i'm pretty sure that if a ghost walked up to the street and slapped my father in the face he wouldn't notice (laughs) of course i'm pretty sure that if a person walked up to my father in the street and slapped him in the face he would go huh and just ignore it and forget about it (laughs) My sister, however, described this bad feeling she would get in some dr- like she would she described that there was this bad thing, and again, like she doesn't really have like visual references to really describe, so I'm trying to translate from that of this bad hot thing. That would, um, there was a, 
of she said there was like a vent in her room and when she was sleeping there would be this bad hot thing there but like it wasn't interested like basically it wasn't interested in her is the way she put it so she didn't like it when it was there but like she just ignored it and it would go away this was in the same house same house yeah mm-hmm. and it's like again it's a like bad hot thing that would go over the would go over the grate or like the vent the heating vent basically it was but it, i don't think there was like there might have been a heating vent in her room i i really can't remember her room right uh, so but like that's i've talked to her about that and that was the only thing she ever meant about that place right yeah so no one particularly saw ghosts or you know anything i i saw a lot of, I, I saw weird things but like that, that wasn't the only weird thing i saw in that house so well. like okay <laughs> I'm listening. um so the there so again picture two story home front door staircase going up to the second floor living room on your left dining room on your right that staircase i was terrified of at night if i got up to go to the bathroom i would see things on those stairs I had seen like weird lights. I'm fairly like I have a memory of seeing an orb at the bottom of those stairs. One time I remember again, like this is one of those weird memories that I go back to. And I was like, is this real? Like, this is a memory I have. This is really weird. I was, uh, again, I would have been four or five. Um, young enough to wear like one of those onesie pajamas with footy bottoms, so like the, the, those like sock bottom feet. Mm-hmm. And I was at the top of the stairs, and I had a bucket full of GI Joes. This is like a Saturday morning. I'm going to go downstairs and get breakfast. And I look down, and I see myself at the bottom of the stairs. Same clothes, same thing, just looking up at me and smiling, and like in a way that wasn't a good smile. And I, I, it just terrified me. And then I fell down the stairs. <laughs> oh wow! I fell down those stairs all the time. Like again, that's probably why I'm scared. That I was scared of the stairs because I'd fall down them all the time. But yeah, like I still just I remember seeing that, like seeing myself at the bottom of the stairs, just looking up at myself, looking up at me, and like that. Then that just scared me, and then I fell down the stairs. That has to be like such a hard thing for, you know, a five-year-old to compute. You know what yeah. I mean? Like in your brain, uh, like like that's yep. like how do you even compute that? Like as an adult, I, you go, oh, yeah, that's weird, and you know, you can you can just not write and whatever whatever conclusions you come to. But for a five-year-old, that's just got to be such a hard thing to sort of register. You know? Yeah, I mean, and like there was no one around for me to tell, so like I, I was kind of picked myself back up and like cried a lot and then i just kind of went and had breakfast and watched cartoons because i was five and there was nobody else around (laughs) (laughs) so why do you think you weren't telling so you know you're, you're seeing this nightmare thing between five and nine and uh why do you think you weren't telling people about it do you think they you thought they wouldn't believe you or you just it was one of those things, like, I really thought about it, like, I, so, again, like, 
I would try to tell my parents about like some of the weird things that I had seen. Like I had tried to tell my mom about the time I saw myself at the bottom of the stairs, like later that day. And she just kind of brushed it aside. And like, I just, I didn't think there was anything anyone could do. And I didn't think there was anything like anyone would help me. And then, then like when I was nine and it stopped happening, I just didn't want to talk about it because I didn't want it to start happening again. Yeah. And I was, I was at that point like aware enough to go, well, maybe if I don't talk about it, it will go away. And then when I was like 16 and like having like hanging out with people going, Hey, have you ever had any weird experiences? I'd be like, yeah, I had, well, I had these dreams and I would mention it like as obliquely as I can and I and I built myself up to sort of being able to finally tell somebody like the full story, and that wasn't in, like, and even like that was when I was, uh, that was when I was like sixteen, seventeen at that point, and like really trying to like, okay, I'm not going to be scared of the dark. Uh, I, I am going to like, I'm not going to be scared of sleeping. I'm not going to be scared of my nightmares. It's time to grow up. I mean, you're working in a pizza shop. You're old enough to not have nightmares. And I guess I was just scared that they would come back. And that was for the longest time, like, why I didn't talk about it. And then and just they didn't come back, and I'm, I feel very lucky. Oh, sure, yeah. Were you the youngest? Yes. And was it just you and your sister? It was my, yeah, well, my sister my sister my mom my dad at first and then my my aunt i mean just the children it's just you and your sister yeah just me and my sister my sister's like three years yeah like three years older than me and was she congenitally blind uh she was born blind yes yeah okay so you know looking from the outside i'd say that's another factor where even even little kids realize that their parents have extra to deal with i think sometimes yeah and maybe yeah. you were keeping it to yourself for that reason, you know? Um, I mean, I would like to think of myself as being that selfless. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't even know if it's anything, a computation that was done consciously. You know what I yeah. mean? For, I was the youngest of six, and I know I just didn't say stuff a lot of times because I knew I would be get made fun of. You know, for me, that was, and that's yeah. purely what it came down to. It's like, they're going to make fun of me, so I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah. So, in any case, man, it's, it's absolutely horrifying. Yeah. i'm very curious to see if anyone else has experienced this or something like it it's odd that it was holding different tools sometimes you know what i mean like like you you said right it was sometimes an axe sometimes a shovel well so it would and again i don't know if like that's that's just my brain trying to interpret what it was holding Mm -hmm. because like it would be again like the, the sort of all right. I mean, it'd be so much easier if I could just like draw this. But so, if you can imagine, tall figure standing, shoulders hunched forward, head hanging down, arms up and against its chest, sort of like curled up against its chest, and then the hands would be gripping a wooden shaft, basically, and the bottom of that would be. Again, I don't want to say, like, it, it looked like an axe, but not, like, don't think, like, big, flashy battle axe. Think, like, a, just a wedge of metal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, 
very like rustic wood... implement. Yeah, thing. yeah. Like, 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 not even like, like, in a very primitive axe, something that like a wood splitter or something like that. And like, sometimes it would be more wedge-like, and sometimes it would be more flat and concave. And that would be the only real difference between it being like a shovel or an axe. Right. No, I understand that because even my wife with her flannel man thing, she has trouble. Like she, she doesn't a hundred percent know if she put an ax in his hands in, in memory because he looks so much like a lumberjack. She thought he should be holding an ax or if he yeah. was actually holding an ax, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And like it was holding a something with a, that uh, it was holding some kind of stick that had a head thing that was down and then it was up and then it was coming at me. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad I never saw it. Yeah. I mean, at once, I kind of, like, it would be, it'd be one thing if somebody else has seen it, but if somebody else has seen it, that means somebody else has seen it. Right. And then I can't just say, oh, it's just this thing my my little childlike mind created to to explain away having an unhappy childhood right we'll see what this stirs up with uh, <sighs> with the listeners i hope nothing too unpleasant yeah have you in your life ever seen a ufo uh not that i know of okay i saw a bunch of flashing lights in my room at times I guess you know you could say an orb is a UFO yeah. in a sense, but you, you, you that's know, I what I was thinking. Like, yeah. I've seen a, I've seen a glowing, I've seen a glowing orb that sat at the bottom of the steps and basically reacted to me being at the top of the steps that made me run screaming away from it. <laughs> <laughs> right, but yeah, I think that's it's uh, in general. I we can call that something else. I don't know. Yeah, David, thanks so much for sharing your terrifying nightmare creature story. Um, thank you for having me. And again, keep doing, you know, keep keep giving space for people to tell their stories. It's uh, one of the things as as your listener that I've always appreciated about your show. And thank you very much for giving me the time and the space to tell mine. Oh, absolutely. And we'll let you know if anybody else comes up with something similar. Thank you. Strange Familiars is brought to you by our patrons. If you'd like to help us continue to make Strange Familiars, please consider becoming a patron at Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. For $3 a month, you get bonus episodes. We do at least one full bonus episode of Strange Familiars for our patrons every month. Often we do more than that. This month we did two, last month we did three. And we give other deals to our patrons as well whenever we can. If you can afford a little bit more, you can go in at a higher level and get things like pins, patches, t-shirts, and more. It's all there at Patreon if you want to go look. Patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. Of course, I want to thank our patrons, as always, for helping us bring Strange Familiars to you. If you don't like the idea of a subscription like Patreon, you can do a one-time payment. We have a paypal.me link. It's in the show notes at strangefamiliars.com. And of course, that helps a great deal as well. Another way you can help is to leave us nice five-star reviews at iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
and to share Strange Familiars on social media. And now we're going to go to Brian, who has a story of an old man in black he often sees. We're talking with Brian, who has a strange entity encounter. When did this happen? How old were you? I would say the first time I was maybe 14, I think. Okay. Uh, Not to give away your age, but uh, about how many years ago is that? Uh, About 14. I'm Uh, 28. Okay. There you go. Well, you're still a young guy. And you said in your email that you still occasionally see this entity? Not not as often as I used to. There's other things that happen. I, it's hard to quite explain without sounding crazy. But well, your own strange yeah, familiar. So yeah, right. So yeah, I I still see it occasionally, but more often than not, I feel it more than I see it. And it's one of those things, like you know you. Like you, you, when your hairs stand up on the back of your neck, and you, you know, like you can feel like there's a presence there, but you can't see it. Yeah, I guess let's get into it. Um, the first time you saw it, did it seem out of place? Because from your description, well, I'll let you describe it. So describe yeah. what you saw and the first time you saw it, well, and uh, we'll go from there. First time I was, I think I was fourteen because I was I was learning to drive and. Driving with my dad was not always like I love my dad, but he's a bit of a control freak in the car. <laughs> so we were driving along and you know, telling me to slow down because I was going too fast. We were it gets really, really dark really quick here in Alaska in the winter. And so I'm driving along, kind of slow poking it, and I see what I mean, what to me was just like an old man on the side of the road. Well, thought okay, it's just. A homeless a homeless person or something and didn't think much of it except for that weird feeling like like it just wasn't right even though we see people all the time on the side of the road well so didn't think much of it well some time went by and i was driving by myself going to work i would i saw it again and i i stopped this time because i thought even though i'm only 15 years old I thought, you know, maybe somebody needs some help and I can, well, I got out of the car and it just faded. Like whatever this thing was, just the face was just emotionless. Like not, and I I didn't get the feeling of like anything bad or even good. It was just there. So like I wouldn't see anything for weeks, sometimes months at a time, and then sometimes it would happen like every other day. And it, it there was no real rhyme or reason as to why I would see this thing, but it was always the same apparition. It looked like an old man, maybe in his seventies, like lots of lines and wrinkles, and like a black robe. And that was always the weirdest thing because it wasn't common winter attire for up here. Like a, a bathrobe or more like a... Like, 
like the uh, like a monk's you ever room. Seen the pictures of the old undertakers from like medieval times. Right. Yeah. More like a monk's like room. Like one of those. Okay. Okay. Well, I think I was about sixteen or seventeen. I think I was seventeen because I was coming home from a graveyard shift and this thing appears like right out, right in front of my car. Like I'm is in town. So I'm going fairly slow, but I slam on my brakes. But since there's ice on the road, I slid, I hit the, whatever it was, I hit it, made a solid thump. And I thought, Oh Lord, I've killed him. So I, I'm kind of panicking and I jump out of the car. It's like 10 below zero. And like, I'm looking around. I didn't like, there was no blood. There was like nothing, nothing that indicated that anything had ever happened except there were handprints on my car. Or, you know, if just the impact was hitting something and someone like would slam their hands down on the, the car to catch themselves. Right. I did what I thought was the right thing, called the police. They got there pretty quick, pretty quick. It's a small town. And the one cop was not amused. He thought that I was, you know, just a stupid kid playing a joke, told me, you know, don't waste our time. And I said, sir, I hit something. They're like, well, there's no blood. There's no broken bones. There's not even scrape marks to indicate something had been hit. So I was quite sheepish, but I, I went home and told my parents about it and they didn't know what to think. Mom just thought I was really stressed and that maybe I, my brain was just messing with me. Dad just kind of brushed it off. And then after that encounter, it, like died off for like a couple of years. I didn't see anything. Oh, not anything. Like I didn't see that particular one for quite a while, but even, I think it was just a couple, like maybe a week ago, I was just starting a house sit for some friends and I was pulling in at like two in the morning and there it was right there in front of the house. And I was heart skipped a beat so you don't always see it in exactly the same place? No, no. It's never in the same place. And it's just random times, which is kind of what I don't understand. When you saw it the first time when you were driving with your dad, did he see it as well? No, but I didn't. I didn't say anything because at the time, you know, it's it's not uncommon to see people on the side of the road. Okay, so it wasn't like... Right, it wasn't something out of the ordinary at that point. Right. And it's, so, not, something, it's not something he would have pointed out if, if he'd seen it. Yeah, just a guy on, alongside the road at that point. Right. Just trying to get a, a, more of a visual description about how tall is he, you know, roughly normal um, height? or He's about, I would say, 5'10", 5'11", just a little shorter than me. But kind of a more of a hunch, a hunched over character. And when you hit him, presumably it, it was you yeah. know same guy, or I don't know if you're seeing multiples that yeah. look alike. <laughs> but well, uh, if they are, they're like exact. Right. Yeah. When the cops arrived, were the handprints still on your 
on your hood that you could yeah, show them. Yes, yes, because that's there were two officers that showed up. The one thought I was just BSing because the hands were about my size, but I hadn't touched my hood, and there was still frost all over it. But I guess what was weird about the handprints was they were there, like they were in, indents in the in the frost, but. You know, when you put your hand on frost, it melts it, and it kind of le- the, nothing was melted. So, if it was real hands, they they would have had to be incredibly cold, <laughs> right? Melting right. frost. Yeah. So, how many times do you think you saw them overall? Oh, I overall probably twenty times. Wow. And the the most recent time was right in front of your house. Or in front of my friend's house. I was house-sitting for him. Oh, okay, okay. Other than the fact that he sort of is out of place and his clothing is sort of out of place, do you get any particularly you know creepy or bad feelings from it, or is no, it... I can't really describe it as creepy. It's just weird. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. Because it's like a little electrical impulse, like... You know, like your your hair standing up, standing on end or something, and so even when I don't see it, I can feel it. Mm-hmm. And so, like to me, it almost seems like someone who's lost, like because it never appears in the same spot. It doesn't because I've read I've read a lot on apparitions or ghost if you want to use that term that like to or I mean not like to but maybe they miss their home or a loved one or something so they appear in the same spot right but this yeah. this one within has appeared in to me or at least I felt it in everywhere from the grocery store to out hunting just in the middle of the nowhere, in the middle of the woods. It's just all over the place. But it, it never says anything, and it doesn't make any gestures. Like, it's not trying to harm you or even alarm you. It's just there. Is it usually still, or, or is it in motion? Um, it's usually still. Like, just stands there. It's The only time I've seen it move is I was, I was out hunting, and... I saw it, and it just it turned its head and looked at me. And then I looked around again because it was kind of peripheral. And then it just it was gone before I could really approach. So when you hit it with your car, was it just not there one moment, and then all of a sudden it was there? Yeah, it was like it just appeared. Wow! Like in a couple feet, and I mean, if it had been. I it, it seemed solid at the time, but if it had been like a normal person, they would. I may not have killed them, but it would have seriously hurt. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Could you feel the impact and hear a sound and, and everything? Yeah. It, I mean, it was like I don't know. It, what I've never actually hit anybody before, but I've seen it on like YouTube and stuff where you hear that solid whack. Mm-hmm. And. I was surprised it didn't damage the car from the sound of it, but there were just the handprints on the dash, and because the impact was about lower chest, I would say, 
and the hand and it acted like it was solid because I hit it and his hand went whack and both hands hit my dash or not my dash but my the hood there left the hand imprints and I thought that I'd rolled over it so I was like checking under the car like oh my god I just killed somebody (laughs) but there was nothing to be seen and like I even checked the hospital or something like maybe somehow adrenaline or whatever someone managed to run run off and they're like, no, no one's <laughs> been admitted. Think, this happened at like midnight, one in the morning. I think it's interesting that you just des- you describe him as lost. I, th- I think that's because he appears alongside the road. I think that's an apt description of uh, whatever this is. It seems to match his placement, at least. What's your feeling? Like, I I know you know it's, it's hard to say exactly what any of these things are, but if you had to like just put a name to it do you think it's a ghost do you think it's some other kind of otherworldly entity or i think it like my best guess would probably be like a jinn mm. because they from what i've read and all the stuff i've kind of so i've done research on this in the past at least much as possible and it seems like whenever they try and take human form they they get all of it right but one aspect and in this this aspect, I think the only thing they got wrong, or whatever it is, is the skin tone. Because it seems like a really cold, like someone who's been out in the sub-zero temperatures for way too long. And so, it's just, it doesn't look quite healthy. <laughs> the, that's my best guess. The, my second guess would just be a ghost. The idea of it not getting something right. And I know there are people um, who who sort of use the, the gin as a sort of catch-all explanation for the paranormal, which I'm not saying is invalid. It, it works the same right. as the Fae. You know, I think we're, we're, these are just different names, same thing kind of thing. But uh, the idea that it, it just doesn't get something quite right sort of goes across the, the board with so much of this paranormal stuff, like the men in black. Like, there's just something right. something not quite right. Everything's right, sort of. You know, they sort of pass as people, but there's something just not right. You know, either the lips will be wrong or the hands will be wrong or just even, you know, so, just something right. about them will be, will, will be just... It'll seem off. Yeah, not quite right. So that that's really interesting. Well, you sort of hinted at some other things. I realized I put in the title of the email something that I didn't mention because I, I guess if I felt it was going long and I didn't want to give you an entire novel. But the first time I experienced this other thing was I think are just they're either little tricksters or they're just little ghosts. Was I mean we've always had strange little things happen around the house that. I mean, when my sister and I were kids, my parents just associated it to us, <laughs> but even when we denied it, but like little things being out of place or things would be moved. When my nephew was two or three, so about six years ago, or yeah, about six years ago, because he's nine now, I was working and my dad calls me and says, hey, uh, I'm watching Kenneth and like, whatever prank you're playing, you need to stop. You scared him. I was like, Dad, I've been at work for the last six hours. What are you talking about? He said, well, the TV, 
like he was watching TV and then I made dinner and I told him to turn the TV off and there were little voices coming from his room and dad said he, he looked at Kenneth and said, Hey, uh, I told you to turn the TV off. And he's like, I did. So dad said he went in the room and sure enough, TV was off, but there were still little kids voices that could be heard. And so he said, whatever joke you're playing, you know, ha ha ha, you got us. Now stop it. I was like, Dad, I don't know what you're talking about. I've been at work. So he thought you left a tape player running or something yeah, like that. He thought I was just trying to scare him because since I was a kid, we've always played little pranks on each other and jump out and scare each other, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so he thought I was just playing a joke, but he didn't find it funny that I'd be trying to scare my little nephew. I was like, it's not me. <laughs> I promise. So he kind of brushed it off, but it I could tell it freaked him out because dad doesn't experience these things. Like, I don't, he says he doesn't believe in ghosts or the paranormal stuff, but that you could tell that kind of freaked him out a bit. Well, I was by myself probably a few months later, and I heard some something break and. I was like, well, that was weird. So I come in and like three or four of the picture frames have fallen off the wall. They're on there pretty sturdy. And so that was weird. So three or four at once. Uh, Picture frames have fallen off the wall. Yeah. All at once, three or four. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And then I thought that was weird. And I heard a giggle, you know, like a little, like five or six year old girl would do like, ha ha ha, just play the prank or something. So I was like, Kenneth, are you home? And I was, which I would have heard him because he's loud. <laughs> but anyway, I've had it where I've been laying in bed, half asleep, and I'll hear like audibly, get up. And I'll j- jump out of bed. And it's, but they, they're never malicious. They're just, they seem to like to play pranks and they'll like, rip the covers off you at night or it's weird. So you, you describe them as little. Are you basing that just on, because they sound like, you know, little kids? Yeah, they sound like that's, I don't, I've never actually seen them. Mm-hmm. They're, but I've, their voices sound like little kids. So that's why I kind of describe them as little. So I've heard of, you know, occasionally people will say that a picture comes off the wall and that is, it, it's unusual. But to have three or four come off the wall at once, is that's pretty intense, really. One you could explain, I think. You know, one, if one picture yeah. falls off the wall, you know, maybe you didn't have it hung on there too well, you know. And we, you, have, we have earthquakes up here all the time. So, you know, a small shake might cause something to tip over. But right. not... That I mean, if someone's going to be knocking stuff off the walls, usually you feel it. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. House shaking. They're not malicious, you know, if, if, if that's as bad as it gets, I suppose that, that's dealable. Like, they'll poke you or they'll, you know, raise their voices a little bit when you're halfway asleep. And my sister's experienced it a little bit, too, because she, she doesn't like the pranks all that much because... Sometimes, like, her jewelry will be moved or, and 
not in the same place she left it. And I'm like, the verse she tried to accuse me, and I was like, I don't, what would I do with your jewelry, Courtney? <laughs> I, I'm a grown male. I have no use for, you know, little necklaces and bracelets and stuff. And so, yeah, it's just weird stuff like that. And it's never escalated anything big. My mom, before she passed away, you could tell as she got closer to the end that she could sense, I don't know, it's hard to explain, like she could sense more. And she was absolutely terrified for a while. And we kind of chalked it up to her med, her medicine that she was on was causing like hallucinations or something. Mm-hmm. But she absolutely insisted that we had uh, our pastor come over and bless the house and the property and stuff. And I could never get her to tell me what happened to scare her like that. But the only experience I've ever had that absolutely terrified me was in, uh, I was, I had to go up to Anchorage to, I think I was applying for the police Academy there. And I was staying with some of my, some family, my dad, on my dad's side. And I felt what it felt like, two like i was laying in bed and it, like two legs on either side of mine you feel kind of the pressure but i was tired and i thought i was just dreaming and then the the sheets went taut like over my neck like and then push like i was being choked and i was like <gasps> you know gasping and there was some light coming in from like the moon and front of the door Whatever this thing was, it choked out all the light. It was completely black. Not night, but like just suffocating darkness. Wow. And it like all I could get out like I could hard, I couldn't breathe. And I was like, this thing's gonna I was like, this is gonna be the end. And I all I could get out was Father help me. And the thing recoiled a little bit. And like I'm pretty sure that was demonic. Was it black all around, or did this thing just... It was in front of whatever light was coming in from moonlight or starlight? No, it was like a... Almost like a dark fog. So just just encompass everything, basically. Yeah, it was like... Like, I don't know if you've ever stood in really heavy fog. Mm -hmm. Where you can only see, like just a couple feet in front of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like that, but I couldn't see it all. Well, Brian, thanks so much. I wish we had a name for that guy, the lost man. I, I, like I said, I just call him the old man in black. The old man in black. That's uh, it's very creepy, very interesting. And another one of these kind of, you know, like I said, these humans who are somehow not human. And we'll see if, if anybody else has seen him. Maybe somebody's seen him or something like him, and we'll get some other stories. All right. So after I recorded the interview with Brian, he wrote me a couple follow-up notes, and I'll just go ahead and read those to you right now. In the first follow-up, he said, Yesterday evening, I had the closest and most terrifying encounter with the old man in black. I was about halfway home from the college, which is about 15 to 18 miles from my house, and had my music going. I glanced in my rearview mirror as the person behind me was coming up pretty quickly, and there he was sitting in my back seat staring at me. 
I panicked and swerved, making me go off-road. Thankfully, I was in a flat spot and was able to use my four-wheel drive to get back up on the snow. I've never been that terrified at any point in my life. Its face was emotionless, but its eyes were what got to me. They were deep and hollow, like bottomless pits of darkness. And then the second follow-up he sent was, Activity has ramped up here at home. I was working on my coursework for college about an hour ago. My dad was watching the news, and my little nephew was playing on my iPad. We all heard a loud bang in the back of the house, and thinking something had fallen over, I went to go check. Finding nothing, I turned around to go back to the living room when I heard what sounded like two girls giggling. The hair on my arm stood up, but I didn't mention it to my dad or nephew, as I didn't want to scare him. As I got back into the living room, the power on my laptop, which wasn't plugged in, the iPad, the TV, and the lights above all flickered. So it sounds like Brian is having some ongoing activity. So thanks for sharing your story, Brian, and thanks for the updates. Keep us updated. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We will be back next week with another episode of Strange Familiars. In the meantime, you can go to strangefamiliars.com for a list of episodes. People often wonder why they're missing an episode number. You can go to the list of episodes there at strangefamiliars.com, and it shows you which episodes are patron episodes. So if you're missing episodes, that's probably the reason why. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts. Music, books, art, podcasts, and more. DarkHollerArts.com Intro and background music is by Stonebreath. Go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com for more. And we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars. And we have the Strange Familiars gathering group there as well.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money. 